welcome to the STEM Economy with your host, Matt Bender. That's right. Welcome to another episode of Scam Economy. I am your host, Matt Binder. And on this episode of the show, we'll be talking about Wikipedia, the Wikimedia Foundation as a whole, really, and their recent decision to no longer accept cryptocurrency donations. This might sound like, you know, that's a little news story there, just a, an organization deciding to no longer accept crypto. But in this episode, we talk about why it is such a big deal and why this is such an interesting victory for crypto skeptics, people who worry about crypto seeping into every facet of really whatever it is that they're into or love or just even necessities that they use in their daily lives. And we'll discuss a little bit too about the history of crypto, uh, Wiki's history with crypto, and how we got to this point here. But first, ladies and gentlemen, go to patreon.com slash mattbinder to subscribe and become a member. Your financial support helps me grow this show, my other show, Doomed, and everything I do. These shows, my work is not possible without you, so if you enjoy it and can afford to do so, go to patreon.com slash mattbinder. If you're not watching this episode right now on YouTube and you're listening to it via a, a podcast, go over to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash mattbinder and subscribe to the channel. Do that also if you are watching and already aren't subscribed. Follow me at Twitch at twitch.tv slash mapbinder. And of course, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you could connect your Prime account to your Twitch account and you get a free Twitch Prime subscription every month. If you like the show, it's a great way to financially support the show without it costing you anything extra. As always, too, follow me at Matt Binder on Twitter and check out all the links for this show at scameconomy.com. Leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to the show. And now, this is the episode that I meant to air last week before there was that breaking news uh, with Luna and Terra and the crypto market crashing, which led to that emergency podcast episode last week with Bennett Tomlin of Crypto Critics Corner. This is the episode I had promised you the week before that, and I'm bringing it to you now. See, unlike crypto, Matt Binder always delivers what he promises. And joining me for this episode is the great Molly White creator of Web3 is going great, and longtime Wikipedia editor. Just note, this episode was recorded about, what, two weeks ago? Everything is still relevant, but maybe we make some mentions to dates that weren't as far away as they are today. That's pretty much it. So, you know, when we say yesterday or, you know, this past weekend, we actually mean two weekends ago. Seems pretty simple to follow. So, here we go. So, Molly, let's talk now about the... Rare good news in the crypto space. Now, I, 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 you, you broke this news. At least what I can say. I mean, obviously, the word came down from the larger organization, but you were the first person, I think, to, uh, you know, you, you, uh, I would say, essentially, were like uh, ringing the bell in the town square, telling people <laughs> the great news um, that Wikimedia Foundation, the parent organization of Wikipedia. Uh, the free encyclopedia. Uh, that anyone can edit. That anyone can edit, <laughs> yes. 
Um, they decided after input from the larger wiki community to stop accepting cryptocurrency donations. That's, I mean, you know, you are a longtime Wikipedia editor, Molly. Um, I mean, tell me what, you know, tell me what happened. Like, how did this go down? Um, first of all, let me actually, before we even get to the, the historical uh, timeline that brings us here, let me ask you, how you feeling? <laughs> I'm really happy. I'm I'm really happy that both the community decided that they felt this was the right thing to ask of the Wikimedia Foundation. And I'm really happy that the Wikimedia Foundation decided to go through with the change. Um, because, you know, the Wikimedia community governs itself. We largely set our own policy. You know, we, we do all of the editing, you know, but it's the Wikimedia Foundation that does sort of all the money stuff. Um, and so donations are pretty much controlled by them. And they could have basically said, you know, sorry, we we heard you and we don't care, you know, and we're going to keep accepting crypto donations. But they didn't do that. Um, they, you know, they they read through the discussion. They they sort of heard the request that we made and, and they decided to to follow through with what we had asked. So I'm feeling really good about that. How, how did this come about? Uh uh, do, do do we know who the first person to put this, you know, out there in terms of uh, trying to uh, get? Was it you? I can't tell if you're. Yeah, I can't tell if you're setting me up for that. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually missed that part. I I didn't even, and I even I even I reached out to you the day it happened for for a comment, without realization that it didn't even I didn't even look dis think to look at the name who is behind the whole so you put forth like a, a resolution like how did this yeah, how does this so, work so basically whenever we want to change something around sort of the whole of wikimedia which is the there's sort of a terminology weirdness here so there's wikipedia is the encyclopedia but there's a bunch of other projects like wiktionary and wiki quote and all these other things that are all part of the wikimedia umbrella and if you ever want to change something that has to do with the entire umbrella of organiz uh, of, of projects like that um there's a place where we sort of hold those discussions called meta uh you know it's the meta wiki basically and um so i created a what's called a re request for comment um on MetaWiki, and I basically laid out my proposal, which was, you know, we're going to request that the Wikimedia Foundation stop accepting crypto donations. And I gave a couple of reasons for it. Um, you know, I, <clears throat> I made the environmental argument because, you know, the Wikimedia Foundation has a commitment to environmental sustainability that we really try to stick to. And, you know, people in the, the Wikimedia communities obviously care pretty deeply about the environment. And so, that was a pretty, you know, standard argument, I think, that everyone expected we would make. But I also tried to tie it back to the fact that, you know, such a big organization in the free software space, in just the Internet space in general, um, accepting crypto donations, I feel like serves to legitimize their use to some extent and, you know, contributes to the ecosystem in, you know, some admittedly small way. Um, and so that, you know, I felt basically that we would be making a difference by, um, you know, refusing to accept them going forward. And I made the request shortly after there had been some uproar in the Mozilla community, where Mozilla basically put out this tweet that was really, it was pretty cringy. It was something to do with Dogecoin. I forget exactly what it was, but they were basically reminding people that, hey, we accept crypto donations. 
And a lot of people didn't know that they accepted crypto donations. And they were like, wait a minute, why do you accept crypto donations? This is bad for the environment. This is really scammy. Why are you doing this? There was sort of this outrage. And so the, the Mozilla Foundation ended up, because of that feedback, pausing donations in crypto. And then ultimately, they made a decision that they would still accept crypto donations, but only in proof of stake currencies, because much of the, the concern around the Mozilla situation was to do with the environment. Um, and so when I saw that, I basically saw, I, I realized that a lot of people don't know that the Wikimedia Foundation accepts cryptocurrency donations. And if the crypt, or if the Wikimedia Foundation was to say like, hey, we accept Dogecoin, which we did, <laughs> um, you know, then I was I was sort of wondering if we would suffer some reputational damage in the same way that Mozilla did. Um, and so that was also a part of my initial argument as well. And so how did the, you know, you put this, uh, you put this, is it called a resolution? Am I using the right term here? Request for comment is the Request that for... full name, RFC, yeah. Okay, a lot less, uh, a lot less, uh, I guess, uh, official than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> request for comment. So you put out this request for comment. And I was making it sound fancy with a res with resolution. Uh, with, <laughs> you put out rec this request for comment. Um, so what's the next step then? Did this did did people do people usually check for these or did it you know did I I honestly don't really know how it works. Can you can you walk us through like what what happens next? Do people come and you know, did this like have to get out there and then word spread and then people started adding their thoughts or is this something that's regularly checked and people uh are used to sort of weighing in on the different requests for comments yeah it's kind of a tough situation because um most of these types of conversations are local to specific projects so like the english wikipedia will have a request for comment on something or you know the spanish wiki quote will have their request for comment and it's sort of you know, each specific community does these things very locally. Um, but the the meta requests for comment tend to be a little bit less noticed, I would say, just because the, you know, most of the editing doesn't happen on that wiki. And so people don't always see it. Um, so some people sort of ended up expressing some surprise at, uh, you know, the relatively few number of people who ended up weighing in on the request for comment. And I think that's largely why it was a fairly small number of people is just that a lot of people are not super aware of, of conversations that are happening on MetaWiki, but we did do our best to try to sort of spread the word as much as we could. You know, I, I published something in the English Wikipedia signpost, which is like our newspaper. Um, I did like an op-ed basically trying to basically say like, hey, this is happening. These were the arguments, you know, do with this information as you will. Um, and then there was also, there's there's kind of a, a, a difficult situation with these conversations, which is that they're meant to be conversations among members of the Wikimedia community. So I basically didn't want to go and like tweet out, you know, like, hey, the Wikimedia Foundation is having this discussion, come weigh in, because then that would sort of attract a lot of people who are not a part of the Wikimedia community and who are not, you know, sort of aware of, of our norms and, you know, those types of things. And it's just, you know, the, generally not the group of people that we're looking for input from. So I sort of kept my mouth shut about it outside of Wikipedia for the entire time that the discussion was open. Um, but unfortunately, that was not true for everyone. And so um, some some of the cryptocurrencies, like subreddits noticed it. I know David Gerard is a Wikipedia editor. Did he go blab in his mouth? <laughs> He didn't. He didn't, actually. I don't think he even voted. Oh. Um, 
but um he abstained the... because uh, i guess his opinions are good <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if he was worried about like people thinking he like influenced the discussion. Right. Or, I don't know. Because I got sure he has. I want to let people know you are, you know, out of all the crypto skeptics and critics I've spoken to, and I, I would say that's been a lot. But also, the show has only been around for a short, short period of time, so so not enough, obviously. But you are easily like one of the most fair, and you really, I mean, you, people can listen to when you were just talking about. Uh, nice NFTs when we were just talking about uh, Ethereum before. I, I wouldn't even give them that. Uh, you know, uh, you are super fair. We're uh, 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 over overly fair, and <laughs> too, fair. No, but too fair. But that's good. Good for you. It shows that you know that's that's who you are. Good. Uh, you know, myself, I I probably could not. And then David Gerard, we all know. <laughs> Bit of a firebrand. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we we both agree on the uh, bully NFT promoters until <laughs> they no longer want to take part in NFTs idea. Yep. So, yeah, uh, I don't think you do, though. You seem too nice. Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe but... you do, though. I don't want to. I don't want to. Maybe you. Maybe. No, see, maybe I, secretly I'm not you're the one NFT behind. Bullier. I actually wrote an <laughs> article not too long ago about how I. I'm against the bullying of NFT uh, promoters and, and such, uh, which I, I suspect David Gerard sort of quietly ignored. Oh, or no, you did. Chose not to read. Yeah. Oh, well, this episode's about to turn into a debate. Let's go. 20 minutes on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> it's on. <laughs> so so the Wikipedia thing, um, it, 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 the, the word gets out well beyond the wiki community, which is, I, you know, it, it is funny how that happened because. Uh, funny that that would be something to worry about, though, because, you know, the whole, you know, crypto people, we, we you know, we, we talked to uh, another we were talking about um, the, you know, the DAOs in our last conversation. Um, you know, a DAO is essentially a commodified, financialized, monetized version, I guess, of what the wiki community is. The difference is anyone could join the wiki community. The only... The only thing you got to do is actually take part. Like, don't just come in and all of a sudden you're a Wikipedia editor just as you make that uh, your your thoughts heard on your request for comments. And you just happen to be right. pro-crypto. Pro um, whereas, you know, they there's a financial incentive. Uh, they're, they're, you need to take part in the financial aspect. You need to put money down to take part in the DAO. And, you know, you are trying to keep it as open as possible so that everyone in the Wikipedia community could take part, whether they are against the crypto donations or for the crypto donations. But you have to worry that these people who, who uh, you know, put the idea of this, you know, community of uh, people with the same sort of ideals or working on the same thing – you know they have that those ideals, and you have to sort of watch out that they don't come and brigade you, right? Yeah, I, I sort of commented on that after everything finished up, where it it sort of felt very ironic that people who are you know ostensibly very in favor of self governing communities making decisions for themselves as DAOs you know supposedly do um, were suddenly very opposed to a self governing community making a decision for itself when that decision was something that was not beneficial to crypto. Um, and I, I got some funny responses to that. You know, some people were basically like, 
well, the Wikipedia editors clearly didn't know enough to make the right decision. And it's like, so so does that work for your DAO too? And someone disagrees with your DAO, can that just be overridden by the idea that the people voting weren't fully informed? Um, and it was such a funny thing to say too, because if you look at the discussion, it's like 60,000 words long. Um, there, was a, there was a news article in, I think, Input maybe about it. That said it's like the same length as like the scarlet letter or something, you know, enormous like that. It's like there was so much discussion. Everyone was very informed, I assure you. Um, so what, what, what were some of the, uh, you know, what were some of the, uh, you know, you mentioned that, that, let's be fair, we heard some of the takes on uh, why Wiki should not accept crypto donations. What were the rebuttals on why uh, Wiki Media Foundation should accept crypto? Yeah, there were a lot of, um, I mean, reasonably good points about it. You know, people were worried about, um, you know, folks wanting to donate anonymously, especially, you know, people who live under regimes where Wikipedia isn't quite so popular. You know, there are entire governments that try to ban Wikipedia and succeed in doing so. Um, and so the concern was that people living under those governments who wanted to donate might not be able to do so. Um, that argument, it might be a little bit more reasonable if Wikimedia just had like a Bitcoin address that you could just send Bitcoins to and, you know, you could do that very privately. But the fact of the matter is that Wikipedia does not accept Bitcoin directly. Um, they accept it or they did accept it through a service called BitPay. You got to get used to saying um, that, by the way. They used to. What's that? You have to get used to saying yeah. that, by the way. They used to. Yes. They may technically still do. I know there's sort of a, a period where they have to actually make the change. But yes, they, they used to or soon will have used to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretend that made sense. Um, anyway, they used to accept crypto through a service called BitPay, which allows you to choose one of a pretty large number of cryptocurrencies. And then those are actually immediately converted to be it, you know, US dollars or whatever, and, and those go into the, the Wikimedia's bank account so that Wikimedia doesn't have to then figure out what to do with all their Dogecoin that they've suddenly got in this wallet somewhere. Um, and so the BitPay service actually requires a lot of that same sort of KYC um, information that, that prevents someone from donating anonymously anyway. So, you know, the argument that people could use Bitcoin to donate anonymously to the Wikimedia Foundation has not been true for the past eight years that we've accepted, you know, crypto donations. Um, there were also a lot of arguments around the environmental side of things. So that's kind of a fraught, you know, topic. Um, right, that, that, that shock. I don't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead and then I'll bring no. up what I was going to say. I was just going to say people sort of, um, I mean, there are a lot of arguments that people can make. Um, some people were saying, you know, sure, Bitcoin's bad for the environment, but we could accept Cardano or, you know, any of these various proof of stake currencies that they particularly like that are not so um, environmentally damaging, which it's true. You know, there are uh, cryptocurrencies that don't, you know, do the same amount of just absolutely insane um, environmental damage that Bitcoin or Ethereum are doing at this moment. But um, they're also not very widely used, the, the proof of stake currencies that people are suggesting. And it would have actually been additional, you know, engineering effort by the Wikimedia Foundation to accept those because I don't think BitPay, excuse me, BitPay um, enables those particular currencies. Right. So, um that would have sort of been a burden on the Wikimedia Foundation more than anything. Um, and then finally, there were the people who make those 
sort of uh, off the wall, in my opinion, arguments around Bitcoin's actually good for the environment. Bitcoin is, you know, encouraging green energy use and, and all that stuff. Or the sort of whataboutist arguments around, you know, well, Wikimedia servers use energy. Is that bad too? Should we turn off all the servers, you know, or the U.S. dollars, you know, those use energy or, you know, we're supporting the U.S. military by accepting the U.S. dollar. So there was a lot of that as well. Yeah, the the oh, there's a lot I want to bring up now. Uh, the the you know, when, when they bring when they bring up like those other alternative like cryptocurrencies that you mentioned like Solana or Cardano, it's always like it's always funny to me because I, I got to do episodes on these specific ones too because whenever I look into them, it's like these are like in terms of like a decentralized currency like the the like your push for Ether and Bitcoin. On that aspect, like obviously we can argue just how decentralized they are, but at least they are in terms of like, I guess, just how they were set up. Whereas you look into like Solana and I think Cardano is one of them, too. It's like these were cryptos that were basically backed very early on, if not at the founding by like VCs who hold like the vast majority of the currency. It's like these are the complete opposite of what uh you're you're sort of supposedly promoting to us decentralized currency i mean yes bitcoin has been bought up by whales and you could say the same for every one of these but you know they weren't founded that way i guess maybe you can it wasn't founded that way maybe i guess you can argue although i know uh satoshi does have his big old wallet that he's never touched um Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to say was the argument about the environment is so weird because d- is it just me or has that argument been changing to, yeah, we realize the environmental implications of crypto are really bad and we're doing things about them to it's and it's completely pivoted, completely pivoted from that to we in fact, crypto is actually good for the environment. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it depends a little bit who you talk to. Um, I think a lot of Ethereum people still try to use that whole thing about, you know, well, Ethereum is going to move to proof of stake. And so it won't be environmentally damaging, you know, at some unspecified future date, um, which, you know, is kind of used as a way to sort of wave away the arguments about the enormous amount of environmental damage that it's doing today, you know, and that, you know, we should not be accepting Ethereum, at least until it becomes, you know, that it, until it does what they say they're going to do. Um, but it's also, that's a tough, you know, argument around, you know, well, it's um, going to be sustainable because, you know, most of these cryptocurrencies uh, are, you know, not doing that, you know, or Bitcoin is really the big one that, um, you know, Bitcoin made up the primary, the the largest number of donations that uh, the Wikimedia Foundation received in the last fiscal year. I basically asked, you know, what's the most popular crypto that people are donating? And it was Bitcoin. Um, and there's no plan for Bitcoin to become, you know, to become proof of stake or to move away from the the model that they use today, which is enormously energy inefficient. And so they can't make the same argument as the Ethereum people. And so they sort of have to come up with that. Well, it's good for the environment because it encourages green energy and, and all that kind of thing, which, again, not true, but it's worth a shot, I guess. <laughs> right. I saw, you know, Greenpeace. I think it was Greenpeace. They even had like a campaign. I mean, I could have probably saved them 
a lot of money putting that campaign together by just saying this is absolutely pointless and <laughs> you're not going to get through to any of them. But did you see this campaign where they, they tried to uh, push for uh, like Bitcoin miners to, to force the network to move to a proof of stake uh, and, and, and the reaction to it was brutal. It was just a bunch of Bitcoiners yeah. attacking Greenpeace uh, for, for daring to even float such a disgusting, horrific idea. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was bizarre. Yeah, some of the Bitcoin arguments really sort of defy all reason around the environmental energy or environmental usage. You know, the the argument that is good for the environment is um, a tough one, obviously. But there are also people who will make arguments that's like, actually, all of this dirty energy use is a good thing. You know, like this is something that we really want. And it's like, I don't know if it's like a climate change denialism thing or or what it is exactly, but it's, it's extremely strange to, to sort of observe. I wonder wonder how many of them end up going out and buying Teslas and then promote how, you know, energy efficient they're being by buying a Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? That's the the tough dichotomy between uh, Elon Musk and the Bitcoiners, I guess. But, right. There was there was a study. Uh, I, 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 it's, I previously sourced it and everything on a prior episode, I think episode uh, 10, uh, where I was talking where it was on Bitcoin uh, greenwashing. And there was a study I saw where basically Tesla's Bitcoin holdings is the equivalent of like something like over a million. I want to even say close to two million regular gas guzzling cars on the road basically just destroying the whole purpose for tesla to begin with because they basically sold the amount of you know uh gas guzzling cars that they're claiming tesla is keeping off the road with their bitcoin holdings yeah yep (laughs) turns out there's a lot of inconsistency among some of these crypto believers so what what speaking of all these different currencies, what currencies did Wikipedia uh, Wikimedia as a whole, I should say, accept? Uh, it's kind of a long list. So there was Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash and Ether were the ones that were sort of the most prominently named. But they accepted stuff like they accepted a couple of different stable coins. So it was like USDC, the Binance stable coin, I think, um, DAI, I think maybe. And then there are a couple of meme coins in there. Um, Dogecoin and Shiba Inu were both in there. They were accepting Shiba um, Inu. Wow. I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the, I think the decision actually goes down to BitPay versus the Wikimedia Foundation. Oh, okay. And so anything right. that BitPay will process kind of you get for free. Um, so those were in there. And then the other there were a couple others. There was like Litecoin. um, and a couple others like that. And then there was also Ripple, which is the one that I kind of like to point out because I had, for some reason, so many people tell me during the discussion, after the discussion, after the decision was made, well, you should have accepted Ripple. You know, we would have donated if you'd accepted Ripple or, you know, Ripple's not as bad for the environment as all these other ones. You should have just been accepting that. And I'm like, we were, (laughs) you were not donating it. (laughs) Wow. That's that's great, and, and like half the half the cryptocurrencies just mentioned, I, I I actually they they I could do multiple episodes on them. Ripple had a whole had a whole saga, right, where they were being investigated yeah. by what was it? Who was Bill it? Ar- the, the, yeah, 
SEC, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, people are probably have uh, who aren't in the crypto world probably have no idea that there's a Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, and those are two separate things. Yeah, or they think they're the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then, oh my God! I mean, jeez, was was Wiki uh, was Wikimedia accepting NFTs? No, <laughs> no, you could not donate your NFTs to the Wikimedia Foundation. <laughs> at least not directly. I'm sure there's some service out there that will like liquidate your NFT and sell it off or whatever. But um, right, right. Yeah. So, what, what you know, what is Wikimedia Foundation losing here? Like, uh, you know, crypto people probably sold like when they heard the decision, they probably were like, oh, you're going to lose out on so much money. Is the Wikimedia Foundation about to take the biggest hit of their life? Well, apparently we're going to lose a lot of money that people would have donated. <laughs> that was kind of the big argument it was like, I would have given you Bitcoin, but now that you've made this decision, I won't, which obviously I don't put much faith in because people weren't donating very much Bitcoin. Um, I wasn't able to get like full historical data on what, uh, Bitcoin and, you know, other crypto donations looked like for the entire period that we've accepted them. My understanding is there was like a little bit of a spike towards the beginning. David Gerard actually put some numbers in his book around, um, how much the Wikimedia Foundation, like the made the first year that they accepted crypto. And when was that again? They, that was 2014. Oh, so they were accepting for a while this was this is a big reversal this isn't the you know that we've seen a number of occasions where someone you know some organization or group or company or brand or whatever floats the idea or they recently right. start and then the immediate reaction causes them to do like a double take and reverse this is not that at all this this might be the biggest reversal there's been if you i i don't yeah. don't quote me on that but in terms of like the longevity of accepting it this might be the one yeah and i'll actually go back to that in a minute because i think that's worth touching on but um to go back to your original question around how much the wikimedia foundation might lose um they did give us the numbers for the amount of donations that they received in the last fiscal year and it was around one hundred thirty thousand dollars in all crypto donations it was mostly bitcoin but there were other cryptos donated Wait, as well for the last how many, um, how many what was the time frame again the last fiscal year. Okay, so, so I, that was a year's worth of donations. And this is supposedly supposed to be the mainstream peak of crypto. Right. Yes. That's, and um, how much does the Wikimedia Foundation usually raise in total, like all, all together? Yeah, well, that's sort of the big question, right? Because people are like, maybe that's a lot of money, but it actually only makes up 0.08% of the total <laughs> donations that the Wikimedia Foundation uh, received in that same time period, which is sort of horrifying to think about because <laughs> that's actually a huge amount of money. And I think a lot of people sort of don't realize actually how much money the Wikimedia Foundation does bring in in donations. I think partly because of the the donation campaigns that the foundation runs that are like, a little bit alarmist around they almost imply that like they're not going to be able to run the servers any longer if you donate don't donate your like five dollars or whatever it is um but they do actually bring in quite a lot in donations and not much in crypto donations that's that's incredible i, I honestly like that is that is astounding the idea that this because because really wikipedia uh should represent so much to what these 
crypto people, at least in the Web3 world, maybe not like, you know, the, the Wall Street financial guys who are just in it to, to make a buck, but like the Web3 people who are all about building a community and making a better web. Like Wikipedia right. is, is again, maybe they're not they're not attracted to it because there's no financial incentive for them. But um, <laughs> no token. <laughs> yeah, there's no token. But it really should. I mean, to me, it really represents like the best of what the web can be. Uh, it, right. It's it's probably the most successful thing that anyone will ever see in terms of like how far-reaching it is, um, how open it is, um, and there's like it it, it literally. I, I don't I mean I know there are people and I know they they get banned right away who like try to like you know uh pay me and I'll get your wiki article up there. Uh right. <laughs> but like other than that those people being shady uh it's there there is it it's just like there's nothing there for people to sort of like pilfer and like pillage. It's just literally find any topic about anything you want and learn. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's not to say there's not things to criticize about Wikipedia, but it is, I think, a very good example of what a lot of these DAOs and, and other sort of things try to be. Um, and actually going back to that point, I sort of put a pin in earlier. I think that there's actually a lot uh, in similar between the Wikimedia sort of ethos and some of the really early crypto ethos. Um, so back when so First of all, the decision to start accepting cryptocurrency in 2014 was made in largely the same way. There was a request from the community to start accepting. Um, the back then, it was just Bitcoin that they wanted to accept because most of these other currencies didn't even exist back then. But um, there was a there was a request from the community, and back then, I think it actually made some sense that you know people wanted to. Um, allow people to donate to the foundation in this way, because there was a lot more, um, you know, a lot of the Bitcoiners back then were really concerned about things like financial surveillance, um, you know, privacy, private financial transactions, um, again, donations to people who are, or even just allowing transactions um, with people who are operating under oppressive regimes or whistleblowers or things like that, which is, you know, very sort of Wikipedia um, related in a lot of ways. I mean, I think people think about Wikipedia as, you know, it's like the Google search result that tells me about, you know, whatever I'm interested in. Um, but there's actually a lot of like privacy, anti-surveillance, free web, you know, sort of um, ideology baked into Wikipedia that's very common among Wikipedia uh, editors who are often also, you know, free software um, advocates or open knowledge advocates or anti-surveillance or privacy advocates. Um, and so I think they were very sort of aligned back then, especially because back in 2014, a Bitcoin was like $600. You know, it wasn't what it is today where it's tens of thousands of dollars and it, you know, vol is volatile. And so it obviously changes. Maybe by the time you publish this, it will be some totally different amount. But um you know, it was obviously all going down. Yeah. By the way, I'm going down. It's been it's not been good for the uh, the hodlers. It's been a rough week. slide recently. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So like back then, I mean, it was volatile. Obviously, it, it always has been. But you know, it wasn't something that people were like to the moon. You know, like this is going to make me enormously wealthy. I mean, obviously, some people thought it would. But the the goal back then really was, you know, a currency pretty much to allow people to do things that they couldn't do for some reason or another, which, you know, again, aligned with 
the Wikimedia ideology. Um, but that's changed a lot <laughs> recently. And also the the impact of it has changed a lot recently because Bitcoin, you know, part of the algorithm is it gets more and more difficult to mine Bitcoin. And so back in, you know, 2014 or so, we weren't seeing these like huge mining farms full of ASICs doing just, you know, tons and tons of mining using tons and tons of electricity. It was still sort of something that you could feasibly mine in your, you know, on your home computer. It was starting to move away from that back then, but it was not, you know, what it is today. And so I think it really became time for us to reevaluate it and look at it and say that this is no longer, you know, the this private surveillance free currency that people hoped it would be. A lot of those things really turned out not to be true with the, um, you know, the advent of all of these tracing technologies and chain analysis tools and things like that that have actually made, you know, it fairly easy to track some people using um, who are using Bitcoin. But it also has turned into this sort of gambling speculation uh, asset that is has sort of fostered this extremely negative predatory culture that, you know, for sure has existed as long as Bitcoin has been around, but was not what it is today. Um, so I think it was really time for us to, to reevaluate. I mean, I think what you just described here is not only a summary or a, sort of like an encapsulation of why it was important for Wikipedia to sort of stop and take another look at what they were doing here. I think what you just explained is the is the perfect distillation of where crypto went like it was in the early like I for me I was always uh sort of against it uh, skeptical uh, early on because of its uh direct attachment to uh libertarian ideology from the get-go and the people using it were you know people who I didn't align with uh politically uh, so I was skeptical as to why they were all rallying around this. But at the same time, in terms of what you just described as like the privacy, uh, app, you know, the, that privacy ethos uh, and the, the areas where I do agree with, uh, you know, libertarians on civil liberties, that sort of was like, OK, I see what they're trying to do here. Maybe as it progresses and moves beyond just like those hardcore like Ron Paulite libertarians um, it will become a broader, more, you know, uh, less specific to a certain ideology and actually do what it set out to do, at least in what it originally was sort of sold to people. Again, I know uh, someone like David Gerard would probably argue the Bitcoin white paper puts it there to begin with. But, you know, I think a lot of people who did just have hope in the technology early on uh, – felt the same way that sort of like you just described those early, that early outlook of it w was. And then what happened was as it progressed, it, it didn't get better. It, it didn't brought into more people. It actually sort of siloed and grew in only the, the even worse communities. Uh, you take away the politics and you have people who are just out to fill their bags and take advantage of others, and you know, and that's the 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 worst case, I guess. Uh, best case is you have like Wall Street types just speculating on it, um, and then if you put the politics back, 
you do see that it's sort of hunkered down and even further right wing ideology. Have you ever asked David Gerard about his sort of origin story with, you know, like WikiLeaks and Scientology and stuff like that? I have not. No. <laughs> yeah. So he's got a really fascinating origin story. Back then, you know, one of the ways that people saw it as a useful tool was that it could be a way to donate to something like WikiLeaks, which, you know, before Julian Assange turned into what he has become was, you know, a pretty revolutionary thing and, and a, a powerful thing that I think a lot of people wanted to support, despite the fact that the U.S. government wasn't so keen on that whole idea. Um, and Bitcoin, you know, was the way you could do that. And, you know, for that, I think it was used in a pretty good way. Um, and I think, you know, that has changed a lot where it is no longer, you know, primarily or or even largely. I wouldn't argue. I mean, it's it's worth saying that back then it was used for nefarious things, too, and things that I don't agree with, obviously. But, you know, it, it was empowering things like donations to WikiLeaks, which, you know, David Gerard was somewhat uh, around, you know, associated with. Um, and um and that was a really good thing, I think. But these days, again, that's just sort of not its primary use case. It's turned into this very sort of, you know, gambling, um, risky investment tool that is also simultaneously being sort of described as an investment by people who are hoping that the more people who buy in, the, the wealthier they'll become. Right. Now now, now I have to ask, uh, I got to get David Gerard back on the show to explore that origin story more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i promise i haven't just said something that he's like his deep secret or something no, right, i only right. know this because i read it about him but right oh man that's i didn't know that wow um yeah but i mean that's just to say that like i think a lot of people in the wikimedia community which you know david gerard is a longtime wikipedia editor as well you know is it's very common for people to have those you know those same like very similar ideals around privacy and supporting whistleblowers and supporting dissidents and that kind of thing and and so i think a lot of us probably were drawn to what bitcoin used to be um, and are maybe somewhat disillusioned with what it's become. That is, uh, that's such a romantic, like romantic way of putting it, honestly. Like, <laughs> but I think that's true. Like it could have been like, it could have been something it really could have. And it did, you know, it, I, even if you think about like the early days of just like playing around with it, like the fun people had that guy who, you know, they, they always try to frame that story as like, I bet he's kicking himself now. What an idiot. The guy who spent like a ton of Bitcoin to pay for like his pizza delivery. And like, yeah, his in, Papa John's. Yeah. And in like the the peak, uh, the peak of Bitcoin over the summer, uh, it was like something like a, like a $30 million pizza turned out to be or something like that. Or maybe even more. I don't yeah. recall. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. Like a $60 million pizza maybe or more even. Yeah. And they they yeah. they interview him and he's like I mean it just it just was that's what it was back then like I what what am I regretting like it just was what it was like I remember that and that see it seemed like something where like wow this really could have been something and here we are uh, I called my show scam economy you run Web three is going great and <laughs> yeah I mean I do think I will say I personally although I agreed with what 
you know, some of the things that they were trying to do. And, you know, I, I thought I saw the sort of hypothetical value in it. I actually don't think it ever, you know, like, I don't think anyone did anything intentionally that sort of warped Bitcoin away from what it could have been, you know, if they just hadn't done that one thing or whatever. I think it was sort of always destined to end up here, um, you know, because as, you know, any asset increases in price and, you know, the number of people who are interested in it increases and people begin to use it more broadly, you know, then those same dynamics come into play. And, you know, you can see that you can see sort of micro versions of that with new coins that come into existence, you know, that that start out fairly stable, sort of, because they're not really worth much at all. Um and then, you know, they pump and people get really excited about it and, you know, they want to do cool things with it. I mean, if you look at um, Dogecoin, I think it's actually a pretty good example of that where like the early Dogecoin community was actually kind of good. You know, they they wanted to do good things. They were like donating to charities and, you know, doing all this stuff. And then it turned into this wild, you know, Elon Musk meme coin that people are speculating on. And there's the Dogecoin millionaire who's hoping that he'll the former Dogecoin millionaire right. who's holding on for dear life, even though he's, you know, not doing so hot anymore. And, you know, there's just sort of these, these, you, we see things that sort of started out sort of good becoming warped as more money goes into it, more people go into it and the incentives change. And the same thing, you know, with the privacy aspect, I think we, I think people were too optimistic about, you know, what Bitcoin would enable back in the 2010s, um, you know, when they were talking about private transactions and lack of surveillance and that kind of thing, because as governments become, you know, as soon as they get motivated to try to track someone down using uh, who's using Bitcoin, you know, they've been able to do a pretty decent job of it so far. And we've, you know, people are always able to obfuscate their tracks to some extent. But I think, you know, a lot of people have realized that it's actually not as easy as people once thought to, to truly remain fully anonymous using Bitcoin or whichever. Right. Wow. First, I want to say uh, that's a book right there in terms of Bitcoin or crypto is always destined to get here. Uh, you should look into that. <laughs> that was very good. And then um, the other thing I wanted to say was, um, oh, my God, I forgot. You had said another point that I was so I was so enamored by the, <laughs> the crypto was always going to get here. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to say was, isn't it interesting too? You brought up Dogecoin, how that played out with the two co-founders having such a bizarrely distant view of the space. There is the one co-founder who came out and said he wants nothing to do with any of the crypto space and explained how it is inherently a right-wing um, space and he, he thinks it's horrible. And then you got the other one who's popping up in Elon Musk's mentions regularly saying, you're totally right about what happened with the Democrats. It's, it's, it's yeah. two totally different people. I mean, two people who were on at least the same level to go, ha the crypto is silly. Let's make a coin that like mocks it. And then they end up in two completely different areas of of where they are on not only Bitcoin, but like politics at large. Yeah, it's weird how it's never the right wingers who are getting dis disillusioned with Bitcoin, too. Right. It's always the, the sort of lefty folks who really, you know, even I mean, Vitalik, you see some of the stuff that he talks about where he's, you know, 
he's not a leftist by any stretch, but you know, he, he says things once in a while that it's like, mm, I could sort of see what he's going for there. Um, and you know, he, I think is in a lot of ways disillusioned with Ethereum and what it's become. You know, he's talked about how he wishes it never became so expensive, you know, so it's not, he wish it was never worth this much and all that kind of stuff. Um, cause he feels like it's sort of warped what it's become. And it's like, weird how that keeps happening. It's almost like that's how these currencies are designed to work. You know, <laughs> that's right. how it always happens. Right. The weird thing is, though, for, for someone like him, uh, you know, he could easily just drop it and go into a new project and easily raise God knows how much money and be just fine. But he's deciding to stick with this horrible thing he's created. Oh, must uh, money must be good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he claims not to be particularly motivated by money. And I, you know, I believe him to some extent. He certainly hasn't donated as much as you would expect someone who truly isn't motivated by money to donate. But, um, you know, I do think he's probably not solely in it for the money. Um, he is very ideological. Um, but yeah, I sometimes wonder why he sort of sticks with Ethereum, you know, that he is acknowledged as so flawed. And instead of, you know, starting from the drawing board or, you know, starting from scratch with something different. But I mean, clearly he still sees hope for it. You know, he's all gung ho about the move to proof of stake and all that. So good luck. <laughs> I got to say, I have about 10 different topics from just talking with you right now where you'll be reinvited <laughs> on this show and we'll have 10 different things to talk about 10 episodes at least. Um, so <laughs> what's, what's next for, for Wikipedia? They, uh, Wikimedia as a whole, I should say. So the, 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 it was approved. Did we know, is there like a vote tally or something like that? Is that how it works? Or do we know, like, was there anything like that to say just how lopsided it was maybe on, uh, <laughs> people just not wanting anything yeah, to do with crypto? So so like I said, you know, it wasn't it wasn't basically the Wikimedia Foundation was the one who ultimately makes the decision. And, you know, no matter how the vote turned out among the community, they could have just made any decision they wanted. Um, the community was pretty overwhelmingly in favor of requesting that they no longer accept crypto. It was like 71 percent supported um, making that request and 30 or so percent opposed it. Um, and this was after they sort of filtered out the the folks who had never edited Wikipedia before. So there was there was definitely some attempt to skew the vote by, you know, Bitcoiners and various others that was sort of filtered out uh, with quite a lot of work by the person who closed the discussion. So my thanks to them. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, once once we we made that request, the Wikimedia Foundation basically said, OK, we'll we'll talk about it and get back to you. And uh, they did eventually, it took them a week or two to, to make their decision, but they did, you know, firmly say that we are going to stop accepting crypto, you know, we are going to turn off our Bit, uh, BitPay account and, you know, we will remove that option from the donation page. So um, that's not to say we will never accept crypto, you know, any, any decision is subject to change. We've already seen this one change, uh, you know, from when we first started accepting it to now no longer accepting it. So who knows, but... For now, at least, it's it's no longer going to be an option. Well, you know, it's it's rare to see things head this way when you see – I just uh, – today I covered how um, – oh, well, this is not going to air today. So let me say uh, <laughs> I just recently covered how Starbucks is looking to get into the NFT space. They're looking into 
possible Web3 technologies. I don't know what the hell they're going to be doing. Would you like a photo of a Union busting with NFTs, maybe. <laughs> yes, there you go. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Not the union busting part. I like where you went with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they did They did uh, say that there were going to be some like community benefits to owning a Starbucks NFT. And going on where you went, I'm going to assume those benefits aren't union benefits. Ah. <laughs> I have heard people talking about how unions can be built on the blockchain, though, which oh, is my. absolutely, it's like an instant headache. <laughs> Molly, do you want to talk with me for another hour and a half? <laughs> 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 oh, man, we, you know, oh, my God, another episode. On the, I'll, I'll write it down for uh, future ske- to, ones to schedule. Um, it's, <laughs> it's rare to see a victory like this in terms of like things moving in the right direction. So I think like, you know, full on uh, congratulations to you for, for putting it out there and and making the good argument and getting the word out. And yeah, so I would say relish it. Let it, you know, let it, you know, you should be celebrating. Did you have a cake? <laughs> I could make a cake maybe. <laughs> you, should, you should have had a, you should have a cake. At least treat yourself to some ice cream. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Molly White, developer, Wikipedia editor, creator of Web3IsGoingGreat.com. Honestly, one of my favorite websites uh, in existence. I love it. And uh, also one of my favorite Scam Economy guests. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Where can people find you, by the way, If uh, you know, other than Web3 is going great? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. My username is molly0xffff. And there's also a Twitter account, Web3 is great, for the the side project. Um, or you can find my website, mollywhite.net. Perfect. Thanks again, Molly. Have a great day. You too. I really enjoyed getting into uh, all of that with Molly, but I really, really enjoyed some of that uh, historical crypto uh, rundown that uh, she provided, especially those early days of Bitcoin and how it was sort of like used to, to like an anti-establishment way. But even then critics like uh, David Gerard were, were skeptical of it. And then, you know, the history of Ethereum and what Ethereum's founder thinks of it today as crypto has gone down this path. All of it was super interesting. We'll be diving way more into all of this in future episodes, but yeah, a victory for those worried about cryptocurrency and its rise. Folks, once again, I said it all at the beginning of the show, but patreon.com slash Matt Binder, if you can financially support the show, youtube.com slash Matt Binder, subscribe to the channel, twitch.tv slash Matt Binder, follow the channel, and if you can, uh, subscribe there if you'd like. That subscription on Twitch costs money. Uh, it's a follow on Twitch if you want to subscribe for free like how a youtube subscription is a little bit confusing but if you're an amazon prime subscriber you get a free twitch subscription every month consider giving it to me uh you do have to manually renew it every month so if they to continue to give me that twitch prime subscription don't forget to do it each month manually 
uh, scameconomy.com for all the links to the podcast. Definitely, please, if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, go wherever you listen to the show, and leave a review. It takes seconds. Even if you just click the star rating or whatever it is, you don't got to leave a written review if you don't want, but if you do, you can. Don't forget to check out my other show, Doomed, at doomedcast.com. This past episode, I did a long episode basically recapping my appearance on the Tim Pool YouTube show. I was on there this past Monday. We debated about a number of different uh, uh, things. I mean, it's more of a conversation, but a little bit of a debate. I mean, we disagreed on pretty much everything. But um, check that out if you're interested. Getting a lot of discussion around the interweb. No crypto talk, though, unfortunately. We were planning on doing it. I guess he's going to have me back on, hopefully, to talk about cryptocurrency. That'll be interesting. But yeah, follow me on Twitter, at Matt Binder. Really, anywhere on social media, pretty much, you could follow me as Matt Binder. Just search Matt Binder. I'll come up. And that that's all for this week. I'll see you next time on the Scam Economy. <laughs>